The stars influence us, but do not obligate us. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. The quote of the week from today's episode, right at the top that you just heard, is from James Fox's space opera, aka book, Revolution. And this is the first book in the Soul Saga series by James Fox. And we go where we're willing and allowing ourselves to go. With imagination, of course. We're talking sci-fi, fantasy. That's what I'm thinking of, at least. All of us, uh, we have this idea, a thought. It spins into story, storytelling. We take it on the ride as an author, maybe as a listener. If we're willing to go there, if we're willing to risk the complications of believing in this idea. And James Fox is going to take us on his spun story in this book, Revolution. It's an adventure that he committed to, and he's going to let us in on it later on in this episode. We'll we'll learn more about the uh, journey that he went through writing this book. Very, very excited to have an author on the show, finally. But before we get to that, let's get to the Sela homepage. These are the three featured titles that you can find on the homepage. The Story of Us by Catherine Hernandez, LGBTQ plus fiction. Cobalt Red by Satarath Kara, and this is of social issues. The third title is A Land Without Dogs, The Cats Learn to Bark by Jonathan Garfinkel, and this is a historical fiction. So as I said, we'll be checking in with James Fox on his book Revolution. And on March 15th, 2023, so not that long ago, Leonardo Audio produced a multicast production of James Fox's space opera Revolution. As I said, it's the first book in the series that he's calling the Soul Saga. And I'm very excited that we're inviting James to talk about it. But before we get to him, let's talk about the work. We're not pausing this one, but we are going to check out the synopsis. War is good for business. And business is about to boom. General Keith Brennan would rather face an army with his trusty rifle than attend another state dinner. When the president of the solar system is assassinated, however, on Mars, Brennan is the obvious choice to investigate. If he comes out with the wrong answer, though, his career will be over. However... Duty is never so simple when the investigation uncovers a trail of corruption and a conspiracy on a system-wide scale. Brennan's career is the least of his worries. With Earth and Mars on the brink of a shooting war and forces behind the scenes determined to push them over the edge, only Marine General Keith Brennan can stop the slaughter before it's too late. Unless, of course, it already is too late. Revolution is the first in a new gritty sci-fi saga with enemies at every turn. So grab your rifle, pick a side, join the revolution now, and stick around for our conversation with author James Fox. You're listening to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. I'm your host, Ramia Amuthan, and we're checking in with somebody, but not an avid audiobook listener, not an avid reader. I mean, maybe they're all those things, but they're also an author. We're getting into that multicast production of James Fox's space opera called Revolution. This is the first book in the series called The Soul Saga. And we're welcoming James Fox, who is the first author to come on the show. Episode 85 is special in that sense. James, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We're really excited to talk to you. And I want to get to your book. Of course, that's what's going to take up much of our time today. But 
Can we get to know you a little bit? What do you enjoy reading? Do you enjoy audiobook listening? Of course, we'd be thrilled if you do. Uh, well, you're lucky in that I am always listening to an audiobook. Amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, it's nonstop, uh, but I'm also an avid reader. Uh, I grew up up a tree uh, with a book in my hand, in my backpack, um, basically all the time. So big listener of audiobooks, big reader of regular books. Uh, I will even do this. I will read one book and listen to a different audiobook ah. at the same time, which um, you're not supposed to do, I guess, but I, <laughs> I actually like it quite a lot. Oh, that's fine. I mean, yes, yeah, some people like to complete a, a book before getting into the other one. But I want to say I've had guests on who I've asked, what's your favorite place to listen to a book, to read a book? And nobody has said up in a tree yet. So thanks for bringing that up. Oh, yeah. My favorite was a nectarine tree when they were fruiting because it's like you have your snack table right? and your like comfy place to read all at the same time. <laughs> it's food and books all in one. I love that. Awesome. Well, I gave, uh, just before we connected with you, I gave listeners the formal synopsis of Revolution, the book that you wrote. How would you, the author, describe Revolution? Can you entice us a little? Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, it's basically a Martian revolution. Uh, something happens that kind of kicks off this uh, social unrest that turns into a full-blown civil war that uh, affects the entire uh, future of our solar system. Um, and it's, it's got a lot of political intrigue, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, character arcs that, that kind of invert and fluctuate mm. and dive back and forth. I, I try to make it so that the readers are, you know, al along with the characters wondering who the bad guys are, right. um, because, you know, it, I, I found that at least in my life, I don't know how it is for everybody else. Like, you don't really know who the bad guys are. Like, you know, you know. Sometimes stuff sucks, but you don't know who's pulling the strings that makes stuff suck. So mm -hmm. um, I wanted to try to impart some of that into the story. And um, I wanted my, my ultimate goal. Uh, I don't think I've ever shared this anywhere else, but my ultimate goal was to make people like switch sides while they were reading, you know, where oh, like you think one. you think this is the good, good guys and you get halfway through and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And actually, I'm about halfway through, so I'm really looking forward to exactly what you're talking about, this intrigue of, uh, I know it's this person, I know it's this person. And I want to hold on to this thought because I want to bring it back um, uh, in a second. But before that, how did this book start for you? How did it weave into a real project, a real writing project? So that's a long story. I'll try to keep it short, but um, I, I'm a filmmaker. That's my day job. I'm a film director. So I've been doing story for 20 years, m longer if you count role-playing and playing D&D &D with my friends in high school. But um, the I was on set one day filming a, a sci-fi feature film, and one of the, one of the crew members there uh, was former military, and he was a talker and a storyteller. And we just, like, I, I just sat there and listened to him and some of the stuff he told me is just so crazy that it, it kind of developed into this kernel of an idea of, you know, like what, how far would people be willing to go to, to fulfill selfish desires mm. if they're in positions of power, you know, like would they be willing to like destroy an entire planet just to make a few bucks? Um, and obviously I pushed it into kind of a, you know, uh, sci-fi setting so that it was kind of safe to talk about and, and explore some of these kind of darker themes and uh, yeah, I just I got obsessed with the idea, and I wrote a television pilot based off of that idea, oh. and um, I de developed it to the point where I was like, I needed to do more with this, and so then I started writing the novel. 
That's fascinating. Did you have to sit with it um, before thinking, yeah, this could be interesting for the television pilot or for the book? For the pilot, no. Um, I, I think I just kind of was like, yeah, I like this idea. Let's let's do this. This sounds super sci-fi and awesome. I'm into it. Um, for the book, I sat with it for a few years. And I guess, you know, I had never written a novel before. I, you know, I've been writing scripts and, and telling story for forever. But um, there's something daunting, something intimidating about writing a whole novel. I mm. didn't know anything about it. I wasn't familiar with the medium or the space. I read a lot of books, but that doesn't you know, people watch a lot of movies, but that doesn't mean everybody should go out and become a <laughs> filmmaker. Um, so I think I had kind of a imposter syndrome a little bit. Uh, I still do uh, to this day, in fact, but um, it, it took me a while to kind of wrap my head around structuring it into a novel and kind of reverse engineering the, the you know, pilot and the, the first season of the show and, and kind of reverse engineer a, a story out of it. Right, right. Well, that's a very honest response, you know, thinking, uh, I don't know, is this capable of being a book? How long does it go? And uh, honestly, it's quite a long book, right? It's a longer audiobook, just over 18 hours in audio. And I'm thinking it was a long process to write. It's one thing kind of fleshing out the idea, and it's another thing really taking it for a ride and spinning the story, spinning the character. So what did you, A enjoy about writing the book and through the process of it? I love telling story. Um, I, I love characters. I love trying to create worlds where where people get really immersed. And I always enjoy stories where I feel like the characters are my best friends. Like I can just walk around the corner and visit them. Uh -huh. So I, I spend a lot of time with character development and, and trying to make them as real as possible. So that's always super fun. And the writing process actually wasn't too bad for me. It took me about four months to get a first draft down. Um, but it took me like two years to kind of wrap my head around the, the idea of, you know, transmuting the medium from a television pilot to the book. So mm. one, once I decided I could do it, it was just a matter of putting my butt in the chair and getting it done. Four months. That sounds like a long writing days though. Uh, not too bad. I, okay. I type relatively quick. I played a lot of video games in my youth, so I, <laughs> I can, I can really kick out some words. Okay. That's amazing. And how about the challenge of it? So again, back to the writing process and in that four months, what did you find to be complicated or challenging or just, uh, you know, maybe some resistance from your end putting it into a book? I think the biggest challenge for me was, was taking off the filmmaker hat and putting on the, you know, author hat, um, my first chapter was like very bare bones. So in, in screenwriting, you it's like action and dialogue. That's all you're writing down. You know, where do they go? What do they pick up? And what do they say? In books, like you, you really want to describe the setting. You want to describe the what they're thinking. You mm -hmm. want their feelings, their emotions. And so I found that when I finished my first chapter, I was like, oh, this is terrible. Because it was just, he walks over there, he picks up this, he says this, he does this. You know, there was no substance to it. So... I think I rewrote my first chapter quite a few times, like a number of times, because I just was super unhappy with it. Once I practiced enough that I was happy with like how it sounded, like I could read it, be like, oh yeah, this sounds like a book now. Um, then it was easy. It got easier. And I'm a momentum writer. So the more that I write, the faster I go. Mm. So, you know, by the time I got to, I'd say the first like five chapters are the worst of, of all the books that I've written. Um, and if you can get past the first five, then you should be pleasantly surprised after that, because I, <laughs> I definitely like picked up steam and got comfortable with the medium from there. That's fascinating to me, right? Because you're kind of going in it. And uh, I, I picture the, you know, when people write a couple words and 
scrunch up the paper and toss it out and keep going, right? Keep starting over, keep starting over. But um, that seems to work for you because you describe yourself as a momentum writer. But were there times when you thought, maybe I should start in the middle of the book. Maybe I should start at the end. Because I know that some authors also kind of go along with that concept of start somewhere and then work backwards. Yeah, yeah, I... Most of the authors I talk to now uh, kind of jump around. They, they're they yeah. very excited about the beginning. They're very excited about the end. They've got this scene in mind. I, I'm not like that at all. I'm a linear writer. I cannot jump around. I start page chapter one, page one, and I end on the final chapter, last word. So I, I can't jump around at all. Um, I outline my whole book. Uh, so mm-hmm. I do a chapter outline for every chapter. And then I start writing chapter one, and I just write all the way through. And... Um, in the edit process, sometimes I'll have to like add another chapter or delete a chapter or move something around. Uh, but that's, you know, all at the behest of my editor because I, for me, the process kind of looks like this. I sit down, I, I close my eyes, I put my hands on the keys and I start watching the movie in my head. And then really I'm just kind of dictating what's happening. Mm-hmm. And occasionally I'll have to kind of pause and think about stuff a little bit more. Usually it's naming conventions. I'm like, what is the name of this specific class of uh, CCF fighter ship or what's the name of this round or oh I need to do some research on physics and time dilation between Mars and the asteroid belt uh, and that usually kind of pauses the process but um, for the most part I'm just watching the movie in my head as I and I type it out as I go. That That is really descriptive yeah and and I mean, shout out to all the editors out there for any any kind of work. But um, it's really interesting, you know, the the roles that different people play throughout the process of uh, a book's release, right, and coming to fruition. Can we talk a little bit more about the description, James? Um, I'm always very curious to talk about description with people, readers and writers alike. How do you decide or choose, or however it is that you want to describe it, how much description to offer the reader, when to do it, um, whether we're talking about setting, characters, background of a scenario, wherever you really want to go with it. But do you pay attention or do you just authentically roll with it and that's what comes out? Uh, No, I definitely pay attention. Um, I, I'm sure you've noticed by now, can be awfully tangential and long-winded. So um, I definitely can get distracted with diving into the emotional state of a character or I or loved that re- <laughs> part of this book. I really did. Oh good, good. Yeah. I you know, I like I said, I want the characters to feel real. And the more like, you know, a glimpse into their psyche I can give you, the better. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I try to beat them up as much as I can. Like how how long are they going to stick to who they are? Um so as far as how much description, I, I definitely take it into account um and I wind up deleting a lot. So most of my chapters wind up being like 6,500 words, 7,000 words, and I go in and trim stuff up. Um, so it's, it's definitely a process for me to, to make sure the character descriptions. But my big rule is, does it push the plot forward? You right. know, is, is this description helping the reader understand the plot? Is it important to the plot? Um, or is it just, you know, filigree that's added on top of a character or a station or whatever, um, but I really want the readers or the listeners to to feel immersed in the world. I want them to see what I'm seeing. And um, so it's a delicate balance. I think I go overboard sometimes, but uh, that's what my editors help me with <laughs> a lot. Um, and, you know, I love my editors. So uh, w- without them, the book wouldn't be nearly as good as it is. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of conflict even right at the beginning of the book, right? So you do pace out how much 
you're telling us uh, background, I mean, on characters. And we get to know characters. Like at, at one point, we're barely into the book and already getting to know five different perspectives, right? So there's so much to take in that way. And I'm assuming you definitely have to strike the balance of, are we overwhelming the reader? Are we? Is this all part of the buildup? Um, are they still invested, you know, a couple chapters in? Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's one of the things that I got cautioned with right away was especially in a sci-fi, um, you know, setting, doing a big cast with a lot of POV characters mm -hmm. is kind of a risky move. Um, and I, the, I wanted the world to feel big, because uh, it is a big world, there is a lot of stuff happening, and every character has an important part to play. And I think that that's something that we as humans kind of take for granted, just how many people's actions impact our lives directly. So while it is a big cast, and there are lots of characters, there are things that happen in, you know, chapter four, chapter five, the POV characters of those that are impacting people in book three towards the end of the book. Mm. Um, and, and the small little innocuous decisions that you don't think are important have ripple effects that, that blow up cities. So you know, it's, it's, I think it's important to me to, to keep that kind of big cast, big character feeling, but make sure that it pays off and is worth it in the end. Uh, yep. Listeners are having to invest their time in hearing about these characters and POVs. And I, I try really hard to make sure that that investment is not in vain and that it pays off. Sure. I mean, it felt very intentional, right? Like we're talking about background of characters and there's a character in there who's has a lot of issues with her mother, but then her mother is also another point of view. And there are um, so many great moments, you know, the, the tension between these two individuals, and you can tell that that tension is building into something much bigger, and we're not necessarily given that information right away. But that emotional distress and the description around that is a big part of, like, uh-oh, what's happening here? And, and how is this paying off with the... Um, relationship to other characters so yeah it definitely does seem quite intentional throughout the book do you have any influences that helped you um with this book whether it be writing or uh you know like showing up on paper as the influence behind this book or just you know you read a lot so influences in general uh i mean geez i i could could go on for an hour about the the, the people yeah. who have influenced me as as a writer, um, but uh, you know, I, I my dad for sure influenced me. He was a big time storyteller, um, and uh, just you know, a lot of his sayings and kind of you know uh, catchphrases have have kind of landed. They're found found their way into the books. So, you know, in certain characters in particular, um, and then uh, as far as just like other authors that have like super influenced me is Robert Jordan was a huge influence uh, to me just as a storyteller. I, uh, he was one of the people that I would read up in those trees every summer. This is a very significant question to me when it comes to this um, genre of sci-fi, sci-fi fantasy. And that is that who are you catering this book to, right? So sometimes, of course, if people are looking for sci-fi fantasy, they fall into this book. Perfect. It's uh, right up their alley. But sometimes you get the timid listener who's kind of curious, but maybe not as influenced by the sci-fi genre yet. And I'm, I'm wondering, do you keep both listeners in mind when trying to write this book? Or are you just like, hey, I'm a sci-fi fan. This is where I'm going with it. It's it's funny because I I kind of just wrote the book that I would want to read, mm. <laughs> you know, um, 
and 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 I, I didn't know what that audience looked like. And I got a lot of really great advice uh, that I ignored, uh, and it's my fault. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not, not you know dissing the the advice that I was given, but I got a lot of really great advice that was you know find a market that you want to write to and write to that market. And I was just kind of like, no, I'm I'm just going to write the book that I want to write, and you know I'll figure the rest out later. Um, but just as a quick aside, one of the coolest reviews and experiences I had so far as an author and this series in particular, uh, besides the creation of the audiobook, was, which was just amazing, um, was I had a 60-something-year-old uh, woman reach out to me who said it was the first sci-fi book she's ever picked up. She only reads like autobiographies and nonfiction and yeah. just something about the cover that she liked. And she read it and she said that she wanted recommendations for other sci-fi books because she thought it was fascinating and amazing and she just loved it and posted reviews everywhere and was like sharing it with like her church reading group. And I'm like, oh my God, there's so many cuss words in it. Please be careful. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, it's awfully dark themed, um, right. but it, it was just, it was, it was, I was just so heartwarming for me to, to hear that, you know, someone, someone that like was so far outside of my, like, mm. you know, what I consider myself as like a reader uh, enjoy the book. I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. So, you know, now, like, as I write, I try to, I try to keep the target audience in mind as much as possible, but I, I try to make it accessible for everyone. I think sci-fi is such an enjoyable space and such an enjoyable read. Um, you don't have to be, you know, obsessed with astrophysics to enjoy a sci-fi book. It, sci-fi is just the setting. The characters and the experiences are all, should all be relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the empathy, you know, you talked about getting into the psyche and all these other different things throughout the conversation. And I think that is what helps um, people because I myself, based on past episodes, listeners know this is not a surprise. I am not very well versed in uh, sci-fi fantasy. It's still quite a new genre for me to start exploring. And so when I'm getting into the world building of it, the believability of the concept, the allowing myself to kind of get swept away with this story um sometimes i feel like you know i'm questioning myself or i'm questioning uh how into it i'm gonna be before even picking up the book right and and that's totally a side note but um you know the the kind of things the way that you wrote this does feel like doable digestible for people and I really want to shout out, because we only have a couple minutes left, the audiobook cast. Amazing voices, well-known voices, uh, including Golden Voice winners like Dion Graham and Emily Wazeller. So these voices are just top-notch, right? Stellar for Audible production. Um, was Sorry, I just mean like to be found on Audible. Was this a priority for you, having these voices, having these clean audio production? Yeah, well, I mean, Leonardo Audio and Chris and his team were were amazing to work with. And and one of the first talks that I had with Chris was, you know, he's like, well, who who are you thinking for this stuff? And I was like, well, I'm going to list off all my favorite audiobook narrators. And uh, let, let's start there. And I, you know, he was like, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but he was behind me hundred percent of the way. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. Like, let's, let's, let's figure this out. And we talked about the characters for me. I really wanted the voices to match the characters, not, not the, 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 the spirit of the characters. Right. And the, yeah, especially coming from a film background, the VO space is kind of a space that I'm a little bit more familiar with than, than even like writing novels. So I was a little bit nervous about this whole process and, 
Chris and his team made it great. Leonardo Audio did such a good job producing it, and the narrators. Oh my god, I, I, you know, I, I think my book's decent, but the audiobook is something that I've listened to twice now. Uh, once as just kind of a proof and 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 for approval, and then once just for fun. Mm. So, you know, if I can listen to the stuff that I've written, my, I mean, there's a lot of times where I I'm listening to it, I'm like, wait, did I write that? Is that in the book, or did the right? narrator just uh, like go off script and like? Just so embrace good. the character. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, we could do a whole other segment on just the cast and how amazing they yeah. are and just how awesome they were to work with. Um, and, and just the, what they brought to the characters. My biggest thing was they all got the characters. Like there were, there are very subtle things that I put in there that they picked up on, that they translated, that they embraced and really, really just, mm-hmm. it, it made the characters really shine. There's something so beautiful about an author handing their work off to the performer and saying, you know, you take it on from here. I trust you. And and it really it really shows that that um, worked out because they did an incredible, impeccable job. And I know we're talking about different point of views and different perspectives, and they're all talking to us. They're not really talking to each other necessarily, uh, but everyone so seamlessly feels like they collaborated through this you know it's fabulous james thank you so much for your time i really really appreciate this conversation i was super excited uh that we were going to get you on um and i appreciate that you know you were willing to come on and have a chat with us of course thank you so much for having me author james fox and uh, also thanks to jazz spearman production coordinator for leonardo audio for coordinating this chat check out james fox's revolution the first book in the soul saga series on audible I'm your host, Ramia Amuthan, technical producer Nisreen Abdel-Majid for AMI Audiobook Review. And until next week with a brand new episode, happy audiobook listening. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.